Warning, this podcast is solely based on smut books. The definition of smut is a story that includes one or more sexually explicit scenes. This is a warning for all listeners to proceed with caution. There will be explicit content, sex talk, and triggering subjects. We will provide a trigger warning before each episode. This podcast is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, Smut Sluts. We're your hosts. I'm Tisha. And I'm Corey. And welcome back to our podcast. About fucking time. I know. It's been, what, like a month? Like a month and a half, yeah. It feels fucking weird to be recording again. I feel like a newbie all over again. I got, like, the little jitter nerves. kind of sweaty. Oh, cute. (laughs) Here we go. Well, this book's just going to make you hot and more steamy, so it's fine. It's fine. Okay, so if everybody remembers where we left off, I hope you remember, because it's literally on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, but um, (laughs) it was the... Second book by Tate James, Liar. <laughs> I tried to skip a chair forward, so sorry if you heard the thump. Um, so today we are picking up on Fake by Tate James, and we are splitting this into two sections. So this one will be part one today. And I know we released them weekly last time, but this time we're going to do bi-weekly just because we fell so far behind because I got COVID and then she went out of town and yeah. school started for my kids and it's just been we've changed our schedule at work yeah, so we're, we're working all 10 hour shifts now well, we're just not. <laughs> yeah you're not you are <laughs> but it's just been all over the place and to make sure we're getting the notes done we've had to re-listen to all of these books because it's been so long since we've read them so it's literally just playing catch up right mm-hmm. now so sorry they are going to be bi-weekly we hate to do that to you guys but we kind of have to do what we got to do so we can get you the content we are going to try to get caught back up to where we can release them weekly. If we can do it, we'll tell you guys. If we can't do it, just plan on bi-weekly for a little bit. Yes, sir. All righty. So, again, these books are reverse harem. They are contemporary romance, enemies to lovers, a stalker romance, a mystery, and a college romance. Yes. And the trigger warnings for these books is pretty much just murder and violence. Who all the violence? It's it's like a dark romance. So (sighs) this is like a skosh dark romance. Yeah. I mean, depending on how dark you like it, you know what I mean? Oh, I like it dark. Me too. So it's fine. (laughs) Give me some gunplay. We're good. But it it gives you a good idea of going into a dark romance Mm -hmm. because it's Jumping into a dark romance for your first book, it would be yeah. like holy like hunting and haunting. Yeah, those is your first dark romance is a little that, intimidating. That would be an awful way to start. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. Okay, so we are going to go ahead and jump into the synopsis. Woo-hoo. So, um, the last book ended with Zane telling MK that her and Archer are married. What, what? a fuck! Bomb drop. <laughs> mic drop so this book starts out with archer's point of view um and he says congratulations mrs dath welcome to the family or zane says that zane says zane says that Mm -hmm. and archer is like low-key inside panicking even though he's not showing it from the inside but like his brother's words are hanging in the air like a death knell he knows that there's no way that he's going to be able to get her to forgive him um he couldn't bring himself to look at her so he looks like a fucking asshole just like totally like yeah he is a fucking asshole yeah that's true but But on the uh, inside he's like oh fuck like she's gonna be so mad at me and that kind of shows you like the first time archer's like 
has a little bit of a heart that he cares yeah. like that he truthfully cares yes. because from this point on you think he's just a cocksucker and you're yeah. just like i fucking hate him mind you i loved him this whole series because <laughs> so. you like <laughs> assholes i do <laughs> but he just he is like that He's a sour patch kid. Mm-hmm. He is sour, but then he's so sweet. Sour, sweet, gone. <laughs> Hopefully he's not gone. <laughs> I hope he's not gone because I need Archer Bath in my life over here. Oh. oh man! So Cody has a tortured expression on his face, and MK didn't do her normal like lash out, screaming, punching. She just grabbed the papers off the step and told Zane, "Thank you for letting me know," and left basically and archer says that he doesn't regret buying her to own her and all of her assets and he would do it again in a heartbeat because he knew that that was keeping her safe right which we get into a little bit more (laughs) (laughs) but how is he keeping her safe when it just looks like he fucking married her for her inheritance Mm -hmm. which by the way at this point is a little teeny dot compared to the death estate. Yeah. So really, he didn't need the money. So obviously, there's something else. Yep. So (sighs) Cody is immediately trying to plead with MK, but she's not listening. And oh my gosh, it breaks my heart because Cody Mm -hmm. and Steele just absolutely adore her and would do anything for her and she's just stone cold like fuck you she's been through so much with these boys though she has um archer's super pissed off at his brother and he knows that crimes like this couldn't go unpunished because even though they're related we know that zane is the leader of the reapers right and archer is isn't a part of a gang but he has more power than Zane. Mm. So he's like, this motherfucker wants to try to fuck with my rules. He's going to learn real fucking quick. Yep. So um, Cass is like, Zane, we we should go because he knows what's about to pop off. And we learned that Cass trained with Archer and his grandfather. So he knows what Archer is capable when he's pissed off. Mm-hmm. Um, Zane and Cass get onto their bikes to leave and M- MK tells them to wait and she's going with them. And she climbs on the back of Cass's bike. Oh, daddy Cass. And Archer <laughs> is pissed seeing her wrap her arms around him. And he's like, Cass is a fucking dead man. <laughs> Please no, I need I my know. daddy Cass in my life. I love daddy Cass. That is the only... That's his name. Like, you can't call him anything else. That is the only... The only male... Whatever. Nope. There's one physical more. Physical who? Oh. Zade. Oh. Okay. Daddy Zade. Okay, you're right. I was going to say <laughs> I'm Nick. like, you called Daddy Zade. Yep. <laughs> okay, two. <laughs> I guess it's just like that big alpha male bullshit where it's like okay daddy fuck me <laughs> i can't like daddy archer just does not sound right no because he's uh-uh no uh-uh Mm-mm. no no okay so steel is pleading with mk just to hear him out and she's like cast go and there's nothing left for her here so cast wait i'm sorry so Cass needed the go-ahead from Zane, so he was just waiting for his approval. And Cody's screaming at Archer to do something to keep her there. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know what to say. Zane wasn't lying. He didn't mislead MK. And her dad had sold MK to Archer to pay off his de- debts to save his life. So he literally has nothing to plead with her. So he just tells the boys to let her go. And Cody and Steele <laughs> are fucking livid. And Archer is so good at getting under MK's skin. And that's just what he... Like thrives. I feel like that's his life mission, essentially. Yeah. Oh Oh, yeah. yeah. I think they, MK and Archer, throughout this entirety, thrive to get on each other's skin. Oh yeah. But that is their foreplay. If they don't fight with each other, they don't want to fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, (sighs) I love it. (laughs) 
the sexual tension is real yes it is so they've been married for over a year this is when we find out that and archer's trying to play it cool even though he's in pain on the inside and he tells her she knows she can't escape me forever and zane and Cass take off with mk and archer knows that zane is going to use mk as a shield because Mm -hmm. obviously they won't hurt him if she's in their possession essentially um so archer wants to tear carnage through the reapers for this breach of the rules and the literal act of war against him but he couldn't knowing that they were keeping mk safe and protected Mm -hmm. so as they drove away cody punched the shit out of archer and he blames Archer for this mess and he should have just been honest with her since day one. And Archer just tells him she'll get over it. I'm like, ooh, you motherfucker. I'm gonna fucking hit you I'm myself through this. Fucking punch him in the face. This is where still punches him in the kidneys though. <laughs> and still said to Archer, you you fucked up and you dragged this down with you. And Cody goes, you're not fooling with anyone with your hidden attitude just because you refuse to fuck her doesn't mean you didn't fall for her hard. <laughs> and Archer can't say anything because he can't deny it. Yeah, he's and been keeping her at arm's length. He didn't tell her, but he knew the day was coming, which just fucking tell her. Like, you guys should have learned by now that MK doesn't do well with secrets. Oh, no. Hello. She's a totally transparent person. Yep. So Cody and Still leave Archer outside with nothing else to say, and nothing can fix the betrayal that MK is feeling at this Mm -hmm. point. You know what I mean? She's just there. She's just going to be pissed. But now Archer needs to figure out where to go from there. He is asking himself if he even wanted to bring her home, but he knew the answer to it because he knew a long time ago when he first held a scared 11-year-old little girl in his hand as his father executed a man. Right in front of him. Yep. And he didn't regret doing what he did because he knew she was safe from the world, but it also meant that she was his. Mm -hmm. And that something he couldn't change. Nope. Owning her meant that she was safe. I was like, whoa, wait, he's known her since she was 11. Back the fuck up. (laughs) Rewind. When did this happen? (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Coffee. (laughs) Love it. Alrighty. So now we're going to switch back to Kate's point of view and we're going to go into four weeks later and Bree and MK are going to SGU for their first day of school. They are back after going to Aspen for a few weeks um, at one of Bree's houses. How would it be to just live so luxuriously that you could have houses? One day, I'm gonna, that's gonna be me. For I'm gonna do real. it. I'm doing it. <laughs> Goals, deal. I'll sell my tits. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. I should not have said that. Take it back, I take it back. <laughs> Okay. No more coffee nope. for you ever. I already drank half. Imagine what the other half is going to be like. Oh Alrighty. Gosh. So they were super hopeful that the boys weren't there. And MK was thinking about the days in the Aspen when they were drinking and skiing and relaxing with no boys. Well, the three boys. And they are getting ready in MK's new apartment that Bree had been painting for them. And Dallas was there. No. Brie and Dallas are smitten with each other. Yes, very much so. Since the night of Archer's fight. Yep. Um, this is where Brie asks MK if Scott was going to transfer. Who the fuck is Scott? This motherfucker. <laughs> MK's cheeks got heated because she was a little embarrassed. And this is where we learn that he was a guy that tried to get her to sleep with them but he was a guy they met at the bar in aspen and she refused and they just became friends Mm -hmm. but scott has never hid his attraction to her oh yeah and he does not hold back god i hate this i hate this motherfucker i'll I'll kick a motherfucker (laughs) Alrighty, so this is where they finally go to school 
MK actually has anxiety. She, she's scared. She does not show. I feel like she's got big lady balls <laughs> and she's not a scared little timid bitch. Even if on her inside, she's shaking. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? She's like, good at, like, stone cold facing it, but on the inside, she's literally pissing herself. Yeah. I'm shaking in my baby suit. No, my custom baby, baby suit. suit little boots. I said that at the store the other day, and Nick was like, what the fuck? I'm like, never mind. You're not Corey. You don't understand. <laughs> You're like, we need to watch Megamind. Okay. Okay, so she has this damaged trust in men, and so she is trying... Well, she told Scott from the get-go, like, hey, like, I'm not interested in anything. Like, we're just friends. So she's at school, and... Oh, wait, just kidding. I jumped the gun. So they had... So the reason they had gone to Aspen is because Cody and Still were being relentless trying to get MK to speak with them. And Mm -hmm. she hadn't heard a word from Archer of fucking course. Right. Um, And the papers that Zane had given her were the marriage certificate. And she wasn't even present for the wedding. But her legal counsel told told her to good luck to prove that she wasn't there because the signature on the certificate looked like real. So her father had signed off as her guardian, which is how it was able to be completed. Her dad is such a cocksucking mm-hmm. motherfucker. Like seriously. Yeah. And it was <sighs> all completed right before her 18th birthday. So she wasn't even of legal age, which makes sense on how it could have happened because you need a guardian. guardian thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know if that <laughs> was right. Sign off on it. Yes, it is. <laughs> Um, so then the other paper that Zane had given her was a bank statement showing multiple enormous payments made the same day as the marriage had been made official. And Archer had paid off all of her father's bad debts in exchange for her. She was confused as to why, because what he paid for her was 10 times more than her inheritance. So she's like, yeah. he's not marrying me for my money. So what the fuck is going on? And I have to say this. I mean, I would be pissed off because one... I'm not, like, I'm not just an item that you can sell. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? But through everything, you've learned your dad is a cocksucker. You've learned through time and time again. Obviously, they're keeping secrets from you, but they're keeping you safe. Yeah, and there's a reason why Archer does the things that he does. And you know this, but you're too, I want to kind of say egotistical at this point to look past that for Mm -hmm. her, to understand that, you know? But, I mean, she has a right to be pissed. I get it. But I'm also like, come on, MK. Use your brain. Think about how sweet they are to you. You was really dumb. (laughs) You was really, really dumb. For real. (laughs) Okay, so we know that it's not... Sorry, I just want to touch you. Show you. Oh, what is happening? This is, we haven't even gotten to the sex, Corey. Calm down. Sorry, I was just getting real excited over here. It's She's like, like uh, okay, guys. <laughs> okay, so we know it's not for um, her inheritance. It wasn't as a sex slave because they have not fucked. And she's basically begged him to fuck her and he still refused. So MK walks into her first class late and she slid into the first empty seat that she saw and started taking her laptop out of her bag. And the guy next to her says, hey, it's Bark. He hasn't been in the story in a minute. Or maybe we just haven't recorded in a minute. I don't know. <laughs> how about Who both? fucking knows? We'll go with both. Um, so he asks her how she's been doing. And the last time he saw her, she was out of it. And there were a bunch of ambulances and talk that she had overdosed. And she tells him that her drink was spiked. And Bark looked shocked. And MK just didn't want to talk about it. So she kind of shifted in her seat to let him know that the conversation was over. 
and bolted after class to avoid talking to him. But as she was running out of class, she smacked right into someone's very <laughs> familiar chest. Oh. <laughs> it was Arch. Oh, I love it. Of, of course, course, it's fucking Arch. Of course. Uh, I mean, if you're going to run into somebody, make it like Cody or right? Steel, but Archer. Really? 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 So she had replayed seeing him over and over in her head for the past four weeks, and she was testing out different insults and opening lines, but as soon as she saw his eyes, she was just overcome with the feelings of pain, betrayal, and loss. And she instantly knew she wasn't ready for this confrontation, which I get. Right. Like, I wouldn't be either. So she decided to toss aside all of her comebacks that she had planned, and she just looked away and said, excuse me. I was like, oh, my heart. <laughs> I know. My heart. My achy, breaky heart. <laughs> I just don't think you understand. <laughs> Do you, are you proud that I kind of know that yes, song? Yes, I am. I hate country with a verdant fashion. <laughs> you did good. You Thanks. did You good. Wait. You did good, young dog. <laughs> Fucking okay. struggling. Words are hard. You done good, kid. Okay. So she says, excuse me, and... I wasn't watching where I was going. Like, she didn't even know who he was. And so she went to walk around him, but he grabbed her by the wrist. And when he spun her around, she saw his mask slip so slightly, showing the guilt and regret. Just a little bit. The fact that it slipped, I was just like, yes. You're human. You're a human. (laughs) But he immediately puts his mask back on and told her not to be childish. And Cody and Steele, of course, come up behind Arch. And MK was just like, fuck, I am not ready to face all three of you at once. Oh. And as she was planning her escape, someone said, Maddie, babe. God. Eye roll. Insert eye roll here. So, and then swung their arm around her shoulders, and it was Scott. He knew everything that had happened between the four of them because she got drunk in Aspen and word vomited. Dumbass. (laughs) So Scott asked Archer why he was grabbing his girl like that, and Archer is pissed, thinking, like, who the fuck is this? (laughs) And Scott tells Archer that he's her boyfriend. And MK cannot believe Scott is standing up to Archer because Archer reeks of scariness. Uh, and yeah. Archer asks to speak with MK alone. She tells him no. So her and Scott turned to leave. And as they were walking away, Scott flashed a quick look over his shoulders and then kissed MK in front of the boys. Oh. And MK immediately knew she needed to draw some ground rules, not just for her sake, but to save Scott's life. Yeah. Yeah. Those boys are going to fucking murder oh, yeah. him. Oh. But you don't fuck with their girl. Yep. Hatch kids, hatch wife. Because <laughs> Archer's coming to get you. I've never heard that. <laughs> oh, I love it. <clears throat> I hate the fact that he calls her Mads. Oh. And Maddie. And Maddie. Maddie, babe. Maddie, babe. You know, listening to the audiobooks gives you a whole new dialect of how to say things throughout the book. You know, mm-hmm. obviously we read it, so it's different when... I do love it too, <sighs> though, because like the narrator, he's got like this deep, sultry, sexy voice for Archer. And then when he voices Scott, it's like a little girl. That's a little bitch. <laughs> a little I love bitch. It. <laughs> I love it. All right, so she sets the ground rules with Scott and hurries to her next class. Five minutes into her very last class of the day, Cody went into MK telling the kid next to her to move. <laughs> Cody <laughs> Jones. Jones. Uh, hi. 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 Um, so he sits down next to her and MK, being MK, is like, is, he, is Cody even your real name? Because 
what the fuck? Like, she feels like everybody's <laughs> lying to her. And Cody said, because Kodiak Jones would be the name I'd pick under an alias. With MK saying, who knows, you've lied to me about everything else. Making Cody go silent because she... What do you say to that? Yeah. she's right. <laughs> He's like, and he goes, yeah, but I would have picked a cooler name. And he, she comes out and goes, like Max Steele. <laughs> And he sees her point, but he promises that it's not a fake name. And finally, MK just asked him, like, what he was doing there since he's not even in the class. And he says, to her, you do. So now he does, too. Mm-hmm. That he had a gap in his schedule and burn. And the burn to learn was real. MK told him that she doesn't want him there and to go away. But he's just like, nah, I'm going to stay with you. Like, you ain't getting me that easy, dude. Yeah. Um, so she just goes back to ignoring him, just trying to focus on her class. And Cody goes, so who's the dead man? (laughs) MK was confused at first and Cody leaned on the desk, getting closer to her face, clarifying that the dead man that deliberately kissed her in front of them. Yeah. Duh. Duh. Who else would you be talking about? (laughs) And she just told Cody not to fucking touch him. And she means it. If they hurt him, she'll never forgive them. Or she'll just castrate them. I love this part. <laughs> Cody said, you ha- you'd have to touch my dick for that. Now she's just giving him incentive. <laughs> I love He's the fucking banter in these books. He's always thinking with uh, his dick. Oh, yeah. Dick. Um, and that... <laughs> Suck my dick. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, and so from this conversation forward that they won't touch him. MK asked Cody, what did they do to him? And... Cody's just like, well, we didn't put him in the hospital. She asked again what they did, but he just said nothing. He told them that he would tell the guys after class that that guy is off limits. For now. Moving forward. now. (laughs) So, MK's trying to just tell him to leave her alone and, like, pretend they never met. Which, I'm sorry, Mm. but you have intertwined your souls with all three of them. Archer might not be included in the fuckery yet. Give it some time. Yeah. But you've already entwined with these two. You guys have had the most soul-bearing connection. Yeah. They're not going anywhere. It's not even just sexual, either. It's, like, true heart connections you know so you can't just be like oh i'm just gonna pretend like you don't exist it doesn't work like that kate come on no and i'm sorry but even if they okay real life red flags they've lied to you if they've done all this (laughs) shit to you right but in books we ignore the red flags and we're like yeah give them to me the red flags mean that like just we just bury those yeah 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 but it's like i'm sorry but I would never write off those three. The fucking threesomes that could come from this shit. Nope. I'm taking nope. it and running. I've got the ball. I'm going to the touchdown. Okay. Speaking of, we have a T minus two hours until football. Here we go. That's for you. I'm like, I know. I haven't got there yet. Anyways, so after she tells him to pretend they've never met, Cody leans in and said that he can't do that. MK asks why, and Cody says, because, babe, no one can si- survive without their heart and your mind. <laughs> and then MK ignored him the rest of the class. I'm going to cry. I know. Bearing his soul. Bearing it. Oh, so. <sighs> so she immediately turns away and a tear slips down her face. She doesn't understand how she could be his heart because he betrayed her so badly. So she finishes her class without another word, and she bolted as soon as it was over, and he let her. Which is kind of surprising to me. But Mm -hmm. anyways, MK darts into the bathroom and texts Brie to meet her in the library. She wants to text Scott, but she knows she has or know he's a rule follower because his brother is a cop and he would have (laughs) obeyed the no phone rule on campus. So she left the bathroom and she spotted a familiar figure leaning against the wall. It was Max Steele. Ugh. 
The way he was staring at her was guilty, remorseful, and accusing. She was, oh, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> is that the hose? <laughs> Nick, I'm trying to record my podcast. Quit turning the hose on. <laughs> he listens, so he'll get it in two weeks. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> So she was overwhelmed with everything that was happening on her first day back at school. She broke eye contact and started walking down the hall like she hadn't seen him. He didn't follow her, but she knew they weren't going to leave her alone. What her, Cody, and Steele had together was too fucking potent to just drop without a word. Scott had forced the issue, though. There was no way that they were going to let some guy lay his hands or lips on her. Cody would be out for blood. Well, Steele and Cody would be out for blood, Scott's or hers. Archer wouldn't get involved, not until he received her divorce papers. Bum, bum, bum. So she thinks. Yeah. But this is the first time we're hearing about a divorce. True. What are you doing, MK? What are you doing? <laughs> Alrighty, so Bree finds MK in the library, and Scott was with mm. her. Mm. MK yelled at him, asking, "What the fuck are you thinking?" <laughs> because hello, you're I'll going up through. You're going up to three big alpha dudes, acting like you're head honcho when your balls haven't even dropped. Like <laughs> you're dumb. Yep. Yeah. He shushed her, telling her, it's a library, Maddie. Fuck, I hate Maddie. It's like when somebody calls me core. It just like is like, I would Ugh. literally never call you that. Like, Please literally. don't, because I might smack up. I've never even heard, <laughs> Not like, really. thought I've never of that. You. No, I, like... It's okay, core core. No, I, I would fucking, I would look, just look at you stupid and ignore you. Like, I would just be like, fuck you. Like, I just, it's I hope somebody does it at work so I can just laugh. But now you know that I absolutely hate it. So yeah. if you ever hear it, you can laugh because my face will probably say a lot about it. I just don't like it. Like, it's not, my name has four fucking letters in it. Just say the whole thing or don't say it at all. I get Madison Kate because that's like a long ass name. But MK, like that's her nickname. Maddie. Maddie. Nope. No. Nope. Mm -hmm. She's Mm -hmm. not a Maddie. Nope. And Maddie to me is like, hi, I'm Maddie. And MK's like, I'm Maddie. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm MK, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm Brittany, bitch. (laughs) That's what that made me think of. Alrighty. So MK just scowled at him until he took her serious. And this is when she notices that his face was purple and bruised, looking like he didn't even have a chance to defend himself. Mm -hmm. So she asked him what happened to his face, but he just clenched his jaw and his eyes were full of anger. And he said that he tripped and face planted into a wall. Okay. (laughs) Covering for the boys. For real. Mm. So she tells Scott that she's not putting him in any harm's way for her revenge plan. And he got lucky with just that bruise on his face. She doesn't have any interest in being responsible for worse. And Scott thinks that she's telling him that they can't be friends. She tells them they can be friends, but he can't play the fake boyfriend card. He tells her it doesn't have to be fake. And both Brie and MK cringe. <laughs> MK doesn't need another pig headed, stubborn ass, prideful male in her life. <laughs> Get it. Pig head. <laughs> so she tells him no. And that she thought she was super clear about all this when they met but he doesn't let it go he tells her he wants to be there for her and that she needs somebody who can respect her and worship her and he could be that guy mk snaps no you can't (laughs) no 
no, you can't. <laughs> Fuck off. So Scott looks like she just slapped him and Bree stifles a laugh. I fucking love Bree. I do too. <laughs> I think the love for her grows more and more yeah. as you get into this because she's down for the reverse oh, yeah. but she wants all the gruesome details. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. If this was real life and like, to, let's just say you were MK and I was Bree, I would do the same thing. I want the details, bitch. <laughs> like everything. Who sticks the biggest? <laughs> Who hits the best G-spot? Oh, gosh. <laughs> so, anyways. <laughs> um, MK tries to soften the blow and tell him that she's not interested in him, and he could have gotten a lot worse than a bruised face. He tells her that it's not her decision to make, and if he wants to do his part to help her, that is his risk to take. MK is absolutely baffled at his determination. Like, this is where we cue in no means no, motherfuckers. Like, no, no means no. Like, just get it across your pick-headed brains. I love that I'm getting so pissed off at a fictional character. <laughs> That's how you know we're passionate about the books and that Tate James did a wonderful oh job God. getting you involved emotionally Praise with these her. books. Praise yep. her. Okay, so... Do you want me to take it? There we go. I found where I am. Okay. So Bree chimes in telling her to just go for it, and he obviously knows the risks and wants to stick his neck out on the line. MK is getting frustrated. I'm sorry, but I would get pissed off at Bree too. Be like, bitch, I'm trying to get rid of him. Why are you on his side all of a sudden? I thought you were my friend. So MK tries to explain the risks again to Scott and tells her that she's made it all perfectly clear and that it's a terrible idea. Um, But he still wants to help. And at the end of the day, Bree and MK are walking to the parking lot. All three boys are lurking. Hmm. Bree storms up to Archer and punches him in the face. I love this so much. I was like, get it, Bree. Get it, girl. Get it. She's pissed. Like, you hurt my fucking best friend. You betrayed her trust. I'm going to punch you in the fucking face. And Archer, the best part about this, he didn't see anything coming. Which is so funny because he's a fucking fighter. Right? He just just touched Like, (laughs) she touched my leg. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. I just yelled in your ear, guys. Dumb and dumbers. That's cool. Um, <laughs> Archer yelled, what the fuck, Brie, as she was crying about her hand. She said, you know, you know, you deserve worse. Just be grateful. It wasn't your balls. <laughs> and still and Cody are just standing there, like watching amused at this point. MK got Brie to her car and said, I will get you a nice pack. Cody tried prying, asking your place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Bree said that she didn't think she could drive. It really hurts. Still commenting that she probably broke her thumb, since that's what happens when you don't form a fist right. <laughs> when you Come throw on, the punch, right? Ah! We're good. <laughs> Still also commented that she shouldn't be driving until it's looked at. MK said, just get in. I will get you to the clinic and looked at. The three boys look at her like, what the fuck? With Archer commenting that she isn't driving. Because we all know, hopefully at this point from listening, that MK doesn't like driving. She's she fucking a, terrified. Right. Bad car accidents give you PTSD. PTSD leads to you not doing shit that gives you PTSD. So, just Logic. drive. Yep. <laughs> Light bulb. Okay. So, smart. <laughs> so, MK was like, I'm not, she's not letting her trauma get in the way. But Bree didn't want to let MK drive either. Archer told MK that Cody will drive her to the clinic and Archer will, Archer will go meet Jace like he was supposed to and Steele will be the one to drive Hellcat home. So Steele grabs her wrists and she tells Steele to quit manhandling her that she can just call an Uber. Steele told her that wasn't an option, that she will either ride with Steele or Archer. It was her choice. Yeah, so, Steele all the way. Sorry. Yeah, so she chose to get on <laughs> Steele's bike so they could just 
they couldn't talk on the way home. And I'm sorry, Steel or Archer at this point? Who the fuck would you choose? Steel, right? Well, you don't want to get in a car with Archer just to get fucking Yeah, he's little. just going to be a dick, even though he's the one that caused right. all of this. Oh, I still love him so much, I though. know. Yeah. So, she noticed on the way home, Steel didn't ask for directions to her house. He just knew. So, once they got there, she told him thanks for the ride. And as she started to walk away, Steel grabbed her, turning around, saying, Hellcat... But MK told him no, that's something you care for, that this is something you care for and trust, but she is neither to them. And he made that abundantly clear. He changed the subject and asked why here, as she is now living in a Reaper apartment building. And with him commenting that it isn't safe. Mm -mm. And she disagreed that it was probably the safest place for her and that she almost died three times in their care. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she's getting it. Oh, yeah. And um, so MK explained that Zane offered her a place of her own since she didn't have access to her money. Still said that he understood, but to be okay that they don't Oh, I don't know if I wrote that right. They don't care about her, that she is just a bargaining chip Mm -hmm. for the Reapers. And she says, I think I prefer to be a bargaining chip than a possession. (laughs) (laughs) So she turns as soon as she gets into the building and still shouts out, Madison K, I understand you need time and space right now, but you need to know I'm not giving up on us. Not now, not ever. I know I fucked up, we fucked up, but we're not going anywhere and we'll do whatever it takes to fix this. So she tells him that they can't fix this. Sometimes you just need to ride off the truck and start over. And she turns not wanting to continue this conversation and he drives away. As she's heading to her apartment, she's deep in thought about how she's not over them and her new neighbor walks out. Daddy Cass. Look, I even put it in my notes, Daddy (laughs) Daddy Cass. So, Daddy Cass always has a scowl on his face. Uh, Just so you guys know, his name isn't Daddy Cass in the book. That's just what we call him. His name is Cass. (laughs) Um, But Cass always has a scowl on his face, and she calls it the resting fuck you face. (laughs) I love it. You know, I have to comment this really fast. You get Cass in this book, Mm -hmm. right? And you're just barely learning who Cass is. You're getting this side to him without giving too much away until we get into the Hades series because I don't want to ruin anything yet. 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 We're going to be ruining it later. Yeah. Spoiler (laughs) But once you get into the Hades series and you actually learn who Cass is, you learn his tendencies, you learn why he is the way he is. Can I, I am just going to say something. He has a tattooed dick. I would (laughs) fuck that tattooed dick. I would let that man manhandle me, choke me, anything he wanted and I would be okay with it. And also, I just want to say like the way that they describe him, he's like this old man. He's fucking 33. I, I'd I'm jump sorry. Shit. I'd climb him like a motherfucking That's tree. Not old. And I'd plant roots. So then I couldn't <laughs> leave. Are you saying you'd get pregnant? By Daddy Cass, I would totally be down I for it. I cannot picture Daddy Cass as a dad. Could you, though? Well, come on, like, think about that. Just imagine him holding Aww. a cute little baby. <laughs> It'd make you want to fuck him even more. Okay. I think Bria is like mind blown right now about this conversation. (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just talking bad shit over here. Okay. So he says that she looks angry and she says that she is and he stays in the hallway staring at her. She asks if 
asks if there's something that he needs to say and he asks if he has if she has shit to do right now and invites her down to the gym with him to get some of that rage out on a punching bag mk shocked i'm shocked right Corey's shocked everybody Ooh. that's reading this book is shocked because it's like what the fuck right like where did that come from so she goes in gets some gym clothes on and they go down to the gym mm-hmm they go into this gym, but it's a Reaper's gym. Mm-hmm. So he, he asked her if she's ever took any punching bag classes, but she explained no, only some self-defense classes with Cody and still. So he pulled out some gloves and he went to the front desk to get her own gloves. I love him. Little pink gloves. And so some of the Reapers were staring and kind of hostile towards her because yeah. of one, who she is. And who her dad is. There is just bad blood all around, mm-hmm. but she is protected right now by Cass. Yes. Because he's second in command? Because he's yes. staying second. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so he showed her a few moves and told her to picture Archer's face on the punching bag <laughs> and to go to town. And so that's what she did. And then when they're walking back, she says, I think I needed that. And he goes, no shit that he will train her, but she's not to go to the gym without her. Him, him. Yeah. I, I'm fucking done. That's okay. It's fine. <laughs> um, some of the Reapers would love to send a message to the boys through her. And MK said, no, not my boys, which made Kat, Cass make a noise and said, sure thing, kid. <laughs> and I love that he calls her kid because there's not, I mean, what, there's, is there a 10 year difference? I miss, right? Cause she's not 21 yet. She's like in her twenties. Um, Cause she's waiting for her inheritance. Yeah. I think yeah. she's t- eight, it, 19. 19, she's 19, because she said two years until she gets her inheritance. Okay. So, so there's about a 13 year difference. I just love it because difference. I'm like, realistically, that age gap isn't that big. Yeah, but, it but is, like, it's kind of like he's protecting her like a big brother, you know? I love him. Yeah, yes. I don't want to think of Daddy Cass as a big brother. <laughs> no, he's Daddy Cass. He ain't no fucking <laughs> brother. You ain't a brother fucker. <laughs> Grandma fucker. Yes, I am. Oh, I love it. We just referenced two movies in one sentence. All righty, then. Oh, there's three. (laughs) Okay. Okay, we're on chapter six. We're doing this. We're really doing it. Okay. So the next week's flyby, and Cody really did transfer into her class. Mm -hmm. Um, Still was everywhere, but she didn't see Archer. So her and Cass went to the gym and Cass was showing her new moves and instructions. And after one of her, their sessions, she asked Cass if he trained anyone else because he's really good at it. Um, and this is when he, or what they get to the apartment and Brie was there waiting for MK, <laughs> forgetting that they had plans. Brie was gawking at Cass. I mean, like, duh. Mm-hmm. And when he told her to knock it off, I don't fuck children. <laughs> MK rolled her eyes saying that, what the hell, he was at least 15 years older than Brie. And saying that Cass was so hot and she would do him, but she's taken. <laughs> I love it. She's like my spirit animal in a book. (laughs) (laughs) So they were supposed to be going to the movies and dinner, and Brie reminded her that it was a double date. And Brie said, yeah, you're the only one who thinks that because he's been looking like, like at it like a double date. And Scott wasn't getting the message that it wasn't at all a double date. Like, they're just friends. So MK's kind of like not excited to go because she doesn't Mm want to have to fucking deal with him. I wouldn't either. Yeah. He just... He's too persistent. He gives creepy vibes. He like, does. He does. I don't know. So as they are leaving to go to the movies, they run into Zane and another guy. Um, he greets MK saying that she looks nice. Um, 
and that asking if she has a date with the preppy kid and MK asked if he's been watching her and he said of course I always watch my assets fucking asshole yeah so Zane looked to Brie and asked her about the Wraith boyfriend which is Dallas because Wraith and Reapers are villains (laughs) enemies enemies mortal enemies yeah just as a reminder to everybody so Dallas is in the Wraith Zane is the leader of the Reapers yep so Brie tells him yes and is that a problem and she gives it full of attitude he stares at her for a while and then he laughs telling Brie that if he if she ever gets bored of her boyfriend she could have fun with the Reapers (laughs) but Zane told MK right before they left that she needed to be careful because her boyfriend's date is a cop and not a good one (laughs) so she knows that Scott's brother is a cop at this point and she knows that he's on somebody's payroll and obviously it's not the Reapers Uh so um, once they meet up with Scott he greeted with the girls and Brie asked him how his first week of SGU was going and how it was fake dating the most talked about girl on SGU and he said who said it was fake dating MK of course chimes in and says I say it's fake dating and he comes back saying I know Maddie It's like, okay, obviously you don't know, though. Right? You're (laughs) pushing this problem when she's made it very fucking clear. Very fucking clear. This is the type of men in real life that we don't like, and we listen to those red flags. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Why? So Dallas meets him at the burger place and then went to the movies, and halfway through the movie, everything kind of went to shit. So (laughs) MK is uncomfortable. She's getting pissed off because Scott keeps putting his fucking hand on her thigh, and and she thought that Brie and Dallas were going to be, like, helping her. But they're right. all snuggled up, making out in the Fuckers. middle of the movies. That is the most awkward situation to be in when you have a couple who are so lovey-dovey. And then you're with somebody who either, A, is brand new to you. Mm-hmm. And you're not to that comfortable stage where you want to cuddle with them or even, like, kiss them. You know what I mean? Or you awkward. just kind of don't like them. Yeah. yeah, it's awkward. And that's when you just... Don't get inside your head. Just fucking open it, yeah. yes, or leave. Like, whatever. <laughs> so, MK gets frustrated and leaves. But Scrap, Scott grabbed her wrist and asked where she was going. She realized that he really didn't get it, so she lied and said she was going to the bathroom. The fact that she has to lie. I know, right? Duh. Instead, she went outside to get some fresh air, but then heard Maddie from <laughs> Scott, who followed her out. I'm sorry, but if I said, I'm going to go pee, and then the guy fucking followed me to the bathroom, like... No. No. That's when I would be like, okay, we're fucking done. Leave me alone. Never talk to me again. Delete my number. Yeah. Plain and simple. That's how you have stalkers. Stalkers. So MK was very frustrated and said, you followed me. And he said, of course, I got worried because you were acting weird. And Bree said you didn't need to be alone. And MK, being MK, says, fuck it. Rip the bandaid off. And she says, yes, we were until you kept trying to push it. And that she was very clear about them fake dating and that she is not interested scott said he was trying he wasn't trying anything and she was giving him mixed signals this pissed me off (laughs) yeah mk called him out uh, on his gaslighting bullshit and she told him what she goes with when she goes removing his hand from her leg she didn't want to fuck him like she made has made point a to point z very clear there is nothing no nothing nothing not a thing jelly bean (laughs) he finally told her sorry that he didn't want to ruin his friendship with her but and brie but mk's like this is done yeah it's fine she's over it move the fuck on but as they're talking somebody yells get down and mk was tackled to the ground by a big body hearing a gunshot 
people started to scream. She realized at this point that her head never hit the ground. She tried to wriggle, wiggle free, thinking that it was another kidnapping, but Cody says, babe, stop, it's me, we need to get out of here. As he gets up, he picks MK up and just fucking runs with her in his arms. Like, I just didn't have to imagine these big men, like... Big, beefy men. How do you do, do do, like, a giant kind of to hold her and carry her like this? Not really a giant, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And um, she looked back and saw that the window of the movie theater where her and Scott were just standing was now shattered. And that's where the bullet hit. The innocent people were now on the ground, but still wasn't on the ground. He was shooting back with Archer standing next to him, glaring, yelling at Cody to get MK out of there. Um, Cody dropped MK in the in the passenger seat of his car, but MK's like, wait, she needs to find Scott, Bree, and Dallas. But he just told her that Archer has a handle at this point. So she calmed down and understood what was going on and said, did someone just shoot at me? <laughs> Cody said yes with her saying why. And he said, do you really think that the threat was gone just because you moved out or that it would stop? MK's like, why were they there? And if they were following her? And he said, of course, MK, people were going to try to kill you. Like, we're not just going to leave you alone. Like, mm-hmm. she just doesn't grasp the concept that they are there to protect her. Yeah. They're not there to hurt her yeah their emotions and their feelings got involved but that's what happens when you have four attractive people in a household yeah you know what i mean okay um so finally she asked them where they were going and that she didn't want to go back to their house and cody let it out that it was her house the deed was in her name so it was half hers as half archers so cody being respectful takes mk back to her apartment and she just thanks him and walked into the apartment, but realized Cody had followed her. <laughs> of course. Yep. He asked if she ther- seriously, if he seriously thought that, oh my God, let me restart this. He asked her if she seriously thought that he would just drop her off and if they even fucking met. Because <laughs> he's like, do hello? you even fucking know me? <laughs> right? Like, I'm Kodiak Jones. I love you. Like, we're going to keep you there. So there were two young boys getting off the elevator as they were walking in. And one kid asked, yo, what the fuck to Cody? <laughs> because they're again against each other in the gangs and Cody just glares the other kid smacked the one that said something and was like sorry like he doesn't know anything I'll have to explain it to him he's a new fuck off yeah so they get to her door and MK tells him that he either starts telling the truth or get the fuck out so Cody does a quick sweep of the apartment and once the apartment's cleared, he told MK that he was not lying on this and explained that he still an archer broke ties from the Reapers with Zane or and Zane three years ago. MK knows that this is weird because there has to be more to the story because you can't just stop being in a gang. Like no. it doesn't work like that. Nope. And so she wants to know how they got out. So she tells him that wait what mk said smart boy so (laughs) mk because she told him smart boy because he kind of let him cody had already let her in on the little truth that they got out of it Mm -hmm. and so he's obviously opening up and telling the truth so she tells him smart boy um and Cody said to that that he must have that the little kid that was in the elevator must have recognized oh, him. Okay. And um that they knew 
there was something there and like heard the shit about all three of them, you okay. know? Okay. okay. Got it. Yep. I was like, what? Okay. So MK whispers to him to tell her something real and truthful. And Cody asked if she wanted to know how they broke away from the Reapers. And he said that it isn't his whole story to tell, but he didn't give it a shit. And Archer and Steele could kiss his ass if they have an issue with it because he's sick of lying to her. Right. He wants to be able to tell her the truth. Um, and he told Archer he was done keeping secrets from her and he meant it. So Cody explains to her that he didn't want her to think terrible of the boys because they all did hard shit. So they had a past. Of course, which... How do you not have a past coming from breaking out of a gang? Once you are in, the only way out of this is death. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's it. It's true. So Cody starts telling her his story. Mm -hmm. So he tells her that the three of them never wanted to be in a gang, committing crimes, using blackmail, all of that stuff. But Cody said that they never had a choice and that Damien had tattooed Archer before he could even read. So he gave him that um, Reaper tattoo before he could fucking read. Like, how disgusting is that? And he was Archer's uncle. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure everybody got it. So... Um, and he can't tell their story. So he got back and explained that they knew that they were in for life and that they wanted out. They would need to get. The, it, if they wanted out, they would need to. Big. Sorry. It would need to be big and bloody. Okay. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you're going off my notes and I told you I'm fucking stupid when I don't know. You're good. So it might not work all the time. So they sort of left a reputation behind. MK said that she needed a drink and asked Cody if he wanted one, which he did. So she only had strawberry and pear ciders. Cody wrinkled his nose and asked, what the fuck is this? MK told him it was delicious and to shut up and drink his drink to finish the story. So he continues saying that he wouldn't go into details because it again isn't his full story to tell but he does want to tell her the truth so archer's grandfather had a training camp that prepared them all for everything that they know Mm -hmm. um he explained that the tri-state timberwolves were planning so they're the most feared criminal organization of the world but they were planning to have a hustle to take over shadow grove mk did know about them and that the tri-state massacre was one of the gang killings biggest ones in the world and it was all over the news for months with that mk clicked the pieces together and she was shocked Cody explained that, yes, it was that Philip trained them with his black ops training and then some, and MK asked how that got them out of the gang. So Cody explained that they needed to ensure that Zane and Caron, which is Ferryman. Okay. I didn't know that was his real name. I don't know why I didn't pick that up. So Ferryman, which is their uncle, their other uncle. Yes. He's the one that created the race. Yes. Yeah. So... They needed to ensure that they had Zane and Caron's balls firmly in their grip. And he explained that they had hit the Shadow Grove gangs where it hurt the most and took the Timberwolves down at their knees. So these motherfuckers took out a whole entire gang, which is the most feared gang. Like, right. Which, I'm sorry. We know so much and I just want to talk about it. (laughs) I know. We'll get to that all later. But during this part, I got confused. I think I had to read this part like three times to fully grasp it because there's so much information being thrown at you. Yeah. Like understanding who Fairyman is, who Damon is, who the Timberwolves were. I'm like, uh, I don't know what to do with my hands. Damien was the leader of the Reapers. Mm Mm-hmm. Ferryman, which is also Caron, is his real name, was the leader of the Wraiths. Yes. So they're brothers yes. and they're leaders of rival gangs. Yes. So at this point, Archer's dad didn't want a part of anything. No. So he was not in the picture. But these two brothers obviously 
are leaders of rival gangs. Yes. And then there's the Timberwolves off to the side, and they're the biggest, baddest motherfuckers in the world, essentially. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they're terrifying. So Cody, Archer, and Steel got trained by Archer's grandpa. I'm just trying to clear this all up for you guys because it's confusing. Yeah. <laughs> for basically black ops special training, like they're mm-hmm. deadly ass motherfucking weapons. And he used his past of being in the military and stuff to be able to train them. But they took out the Timberwolves, which yes. are the biggest gang uh-huh. in the world. So these three motherfuckers took out a whole gang. I can't wait until the whole story of the Timberwolves comes out, Mm -hmm. but that does not happen until we get to the Hades series. Yep. So, okay. Hold on to your shorts, people. I hope that made sense to you guys. If you need some clarification, just go fucking read the books, okay? Yeah. (laughs) So, this is where, let's see. I fucked up. So he explained that they hit the Shadow Grove gangs where it hurt the most and took the Timberwolves down at their knees. That they were able to make deals and got bigger deals with businesses. They cut off the Timberwolves until they agreed. So they pretty much, I don't want to say blackmailed them, but kind of. Mm -hmm. Um, MK realized that they held them at ransom for their own revenue until they agreed and that they had a few insurance policies to hold it all together. Cody commented at this point that the drink was actually pretty tasty. I love that they love her pear ciders at the end of this. I know, right? Yeah. So MK is processing all of this and was in shock that they're capable of this because they're not those three guys in her eyes. Yeah. But they're scary motherfuckers. So um, MK finally said, fucking hell, Cody, that she guessed they did something, but they that it was a hell of a lot more than she ever thought. Mm-hmm. Cody just told her that he knows, but he just wanted to give her the truth and that he owed it to her. So MK asked, these people who are trying to kill me, do they have anything to do with what they have done? Cody said no, that it doesn't have anything to do with them and that it all started before this, but it has something to do with her inheritance from her mother. His phone rang, MK knowing who it was, said yes, answer it, and telling MK that her friends were okay. MK gets more drinks, um, and while she realized he was on the phone, she went to get a shower, take a quick shower. As she got out, she realized that she needed to use them to get her freedom back and her life back, so she may reconsider reconciliation. She went back into the living room without clothes, and Cody was still on the phone, and MK dropped her towel. So, as she dropped her towel, Cody told Archer that he had to go, hanging up and tossing his phone. He stared at MK and told her that part of him knows that this is a trap. (laughs) She started teasing Cody by touching herself. Cody grabbed her and put her on his lap and kissed MK, commenting, holy fuck. He held her tight as he thought she would leave him there with blue balls. (laughs) But MK wanted it too, and she wanted to see this through so cody pulled back and said you're plotting like he's uh, this is a trap like right (laughs) i can feel your gear shifting in her brain mk said so is that a problem for you um cody told her to put it aside for tonight and let him show her how much he's missed her and regrets hurting her so she puts it aside and tomorrow he will plot with her to do everything in his power to help her 
So MK considers it and asks why he would do that. And he has been clear where his loyalty lies. Cody holds her tight and tells her that if she remembered what he said the first night they fucked in the kitchen, he told her that he would spend the rest of his life apologizing to her because he knew it then and he knows it now. MK told him that they weren't okay and she they were really fucking far from it, which he told her he understands that, but he wants the opportunity to fix what's broken there. And MK believes him. Mm-hmm. And thinks about what he said while she was stripping him down. (laughs) MK asks about Archer and Steele and that they were thicker than blood and that does not make them exempt from apologizing too. So Cody replied, fuck no, no way, that they made their own mess and they can clean it up themselves. I love Cody. I do too. He's totally team MK and he's willing to do anything in his power to make her like forgive him, Mm -hmm. which I love. Mm -hmm. So they kissed again deeply and then they started fucking. Yep. I'm sorry, but she's kind of a hoe. Like, a faux show. She's a diplomaniac, <laughs> like, for sure. I, I'm sorry, but if I was betrayed this badly, I would make them, like, work to have it again. I agree. But in MK's case, why not fuck him while making them work? That's true. He but did then it's just giving him something, too. He just gave her, though, a huge piece of their history. That's true. That's true. So, yeah. I'm sorry. She's gone how long without them? He just proved his trust. Mm-hmm. She's rewarding him. But not only that, she's rewarding herself, herself. <laughs> because she needs this just as much as he did. Okay, so um, Cody tells her that they may be my brothers, but you're my girl, and that he doesn't know what that meant to him before he does know now. So he didn't know what it meant to him before, but he does know it now, and he won't fuck it up again. So he pulled her eyes to his and... Rabbit down they went. Rabbit down they went. Does that mean fucking like bunnies? Yes, it does. <laughs> um, so yes. when they got done, he asked her if she was kicking him out. MK thought that was her plan, but no, not right now. Cody commented, so you're giving me a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, a chance of redemption. And MK said, don't fuck this up, and then went to go take a shower. In less than 30 seconds, Cody joined her in the shower, and of course, they fucked again. I love them. I do too. So MK woke up the next morning to someone knocking heavily on the door. Heavily. And went to open it, but Cody told her that he would get it. So she laid back down, and a familiar voice yelled, what the fuck? I told you... To keep watch, not abuse the situation, as Archer <laughs> stated, and Car- Cody threw it in his face that some abuse was wanted, like smacking her ass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I just love to poke the bear. That's the best, though, because it's like, you deserve it, asshole. So, MK gets out of bed, pulling on a robe without doing it up. She walked into the room, and Archer and Cody were standing there, chest to chest. MK said good morning and kissed Archer's lips, asking if he had a good night, because she did. (laughs) He asked her what she was playing at Princess Danvers, and she said, now, now, it's Princess Dath, and everything that a girl wanted to be married off without her knowledge. Finally asking what he wanted, and last she knew he wasn't welcome in her apartment. Archer showing back last he heard she had a new she had a new boyfriend last night and was concerned about his well being. 
Yeah. She, nah, nah. She don't give a fuck. So she realized that she forgot all about them and just trusted Cody. And Clay explained that her and Scott had an understanding with Archer throwing out what kind of guy lets his girlfriend fuck other guys. And MK <laughs> threw it right back. I don't know, Archer. What kind of man lets his two best friends fuck his wife under the same <laughs> damn roof as him? Oh, duh. Silly me. The same man who never asked for his wife's <laughs> approval. And then she continues. Now, was there something you needed? Because I really wanted to start my morning off with Cody's dick halfway through down my throat, <laughs> which made Cody choking laugh. Sound like a faking cough fit. Oh, I can't. And Archer just gets pissed off. And he said, yes, that they had to be somewhere and put some clothes on because they were already late. Oh, gosh. Um, MK just said, no, thanks. And he said that he wasn't asking. She asked if he was going to force her. And he said that he could or that he could tell Steele to shoot the guy they caught last night um, that they were waiting for her to get there to ask the questions. That got her hooked. So she agreed. And if he was lying to her, but he stopped by, he stopped her by trailing his hand down her chest by her naked bra. And that he won't tolerate her temper tantrums forever. So MK slapped him and told him to spare her the alpha male bullshit lines and that she doesn't kneel for anyone. Pushing her chest out and said, useless unless I was, oh, excuse me, unless I was sucking cock. But he wouldn't know that because he would never, because he never followed through. Finally, walking away, she threw back, maybe you could ask still since his dick is well acquainted <laughs> with, her mouth, with her mouth. She walked into the bedroom. Cody was on her bed, totally naked, dick hard, and then commented, listening to you have Archer's balls makes him so makes him so hard and asked if he wanted to make Archer break something. She agreed, opening the door, climbed on top of Cody, sinking on him and going to town. And then not even a second later, they heard glass break. (laughs) Archer has anger problems. Okay. So MK calls Brie, who explains that her, oh wait. We could do one more. I okay. think we're good. MK called Brie, who explained that her and Dallas were in the theater. Shows. And they didn't even know that anything had happened until Archer came in and told them. So MK decided to call Scott with Archer and Cody in the car listening. Maddie, baby, are you okay? God, I fucking hate him. Jack. <laughs> he says, why did it take you so long to call back? I thought the meathead kidnapped you. <laughs> even though he knew Cody was her ex, but MK just told him sorry and that her phone got damaged. As, of course, she's lying, though. Right. So Scott tried saying, I tried to tell those idiots that the car, it was a car backfire, not a gun. Jesus fucking Christ, he's so stupid. Dumb. Um, and he asked if she fell into that, too. MK and Cody caught each other's gaze in the mirror, and they were like, what the fuck? So MK told him that she would catch him on Monday, and then he asked why Monday, and asked what she was doing later, and she told him, I've got plans. Um. So, Archer... Parks the car, and it's outside of the warehouse that they went to the Halloween party right before MK left and got stabbed. Yep. So she sees that Jace is there as well. So they get out of the car and she asks what they're doing there. Archer asks if she wanted to talk to the guy that tried to kill her the night before, but first Archer needs to do something for him. Nope, she needs to do something for Mm -hmm. Archer. So as she's walking in, she could tell that it was turning into a very nice bar slash nightclub. So last time it was just kind of like a big open warehouse. This time it's like way more put together and it looks really good. So Nikki, the photographer from last time, calls out, oh good, you convinced her. And MK's like, convinced me of what? Fucking (laughs) asshole. So (sighs) Nikki comments um, the photo shoot and Cody is super shocked too and he said that this is 
news to him. So Nikki explained that her client slash owner of the bar saw her in Archer's previous photos and wanted her and Archer to do the campaign shoot for her club. So Nikki explained that she doesn't want a model. She wants MK and Archer like nobody else. Mm -hmm. So MK tries to get out of it by telling her that she's not interested. As she tries to leave, Archer grabs her ear and says, here's how it's going to be, princess. You will do whatever they say and do everything Nikki says. MK says in his dreams, saying, you don't want what's in my dreams, princess. Oh, I love so it. MK, MK throws back, yeah, it's probably through massacres and hostile business takeovers. Archer figured that Cody told her and that it's a miracle that she's still throwing out so much attitude knowing what they are capable of and that either she does this or she won't see the guy from last night. Um, he will order Steele to shoot him before yep. she can have a chance to talk to him. So MK just laughed a sarcastic laugh saying, like, or I would just call Steele and see if he was serious about that apology he was trying to give her. Archer said, okay, either you do this photo shoot or I will call off Bree's security team. And he let out that her stalker has been sending threats to Bree because she's a bad friend to her. So MK demanded to know why he was so hell-bent on this photo shoot, that he has enough money, and that Archer explained that this isn't about the money, that it was a friend that he he owed her and that she was his wife and this means she is in debt to her as well he threatened again about Bree's security knowing that mk would get pissed off which she did and she finally agreed mm-hmm. all righty we're gonna stop it right there for part one yeah okay that's a good start let so, me you have to come back to see if they do the photo shoot do they or do they not? Does she get to meet the guy that tried to kill her? Is he going to pull the team on Brees? Security. No. Or is, do they have a hot <laughs> I'm trying to be like a movie producer. <laughs> Are they ever going to fuck? <laughs> the long-awaited scene between MK and Archer. So much sex. I seriously wish I had a dollar for it every time I screamed, just fuck already. <laughs> Me too, because you get the fucking between Cody and Still, and it's fantastic, but you know once that bomb drops with Archer... It's over for you, bitches. Yep. Okay. So, we will be releasing part two on October 14th, like we said in the beginning of this. We're doing this one bi-weekly. If we can start later to try to get through these series and not keep you guys waiting to do them weekly, we'll keep you updated on how we can get this recorded. We just got to get back on track with COVID and everything happening, so just be patient with us. Yep. So we will keep you updated for upcoming episodes on our Instagram and TikTok. So give us a follow at smutsluts.bookpodcast. Also on our Facebook page. I need to add that in here. Yes. So again, next time we will be reviewing Fake by Tate James in our part two, continuing the Madison Kate series. Also, we do have a YouTube channel. If you want to watch us interact while we record our episodes, you can subscribe to our channel at smutsluts period book podcast, all one word. Yep. And thank you guys so much for listening today. Keep it kinky, smutsluts. We'll see you next time.